From Washington, this is CQ on Congress, the nonpartisan source for in-depth analysis of Capitol Hill's policy debates. I am Sean Zeller. Given the gridlock in Congress, activists, usually liberal ones, seeking changes in corporate policies have turned their sights on America's public companies, especially social media firms. They've targeted their governance, urging the companies to do more to embrace diversity, to fight climate change, to confront sexual harassment, and to improve worker conditions. Companies and corporate America's foremost lobbying group, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, are embracing some of these calls. Democrats in Congress are helping to push them, as are some states. Laura Weiss, who covers corporate governance for CQ Roll Call, just returned from a trip to Google's annual shareholder meeting in California, where activists pressed executives to allow shareholders to have more of a say. Welcome, Laura. Hi, thanks for having me, Sean. So what's going on here, Laura? So basically, there's been this trend in corporate governance and in what shareholders are interested in, in that they're really embracing environmental and social issues more. And those issues are gaining prominence and legitimacy in discussions with corporate leadership. So can you give us some history here of how and why activists have pressed companies to do more than just make money? What spurred this? Yeah, so basically they say that at the end of the day, it's all about the bottom line. But what they say is that things like your image impact your bottom line. And especially now as younger generations are entering the workforce and are becoming more a bigger portion of the consumer base and they care more about what a company's image is and the things they stand for and the things they're doing. And so they're basically... So they're saying this has a long-term impact on a company's viability if they're not doing things to keep their workers happy, if they're not doing things to protect the climate, if they're not keeping a, a safe environment for women and minorities in their organization. Yes, they're saying that in the long term, they can't be a successful business. And th- these, these efforts are getting more successful too, right? As, as bigger investors are getting involved in these calls, such as pension funds. Is that right? Absolutely, it is. So New York's pension funds have sponsored shareholder proposals, and they're some of the largest public pension funds in the country on issues like content governance on YouTube and on issues like gender pay gaps. And they're getting involved in board diversity and all these issues where they're really calling for change. We've also seen the largest asset manager in the world, BlackRock, prioritize environmental issues in talks with corporate leadership. And when their largest investor talks, companies really need to listen. So these come up at their annual meetings in the form of of shareholder resolutions, right? And are they being adopted? Yeah, so not many are being adopted. There, It's pretty rare for shareholder proposals to actually pass. But at the same time, a lot of times investors at least say they're aiming for, say, 30-some percent support and that that can send a strong enough message to companies. And there have been instances where measures on climate change and consideration of climate change have passed at large oil companies, including Exxon. And so there have been breakthroughs for these issues. And also companies, I know one of the big pushes has been for them to disclose their political activities. And that, that's that been pretty successful, right? Yeah, that's gaining momentum. And so those still rarely pass. But at the same time, it's gained momentum. You see more companies saying they're going to disclose political contributions. And recently, Mallinckrodt, which is a large drug maker, said that they're going to um, report on their lobbying spending and 
they actually supported a shareholder proposal seeking that. Right. And and some of these disclosures are required by law. For example, if a company lobbies, they have to lobbies Congress, they have to file a disclosure with the House and Senate. If they give a campaign contribution to a candidate through their political action committee, that is publicly disclosed by law. But there are other forms of disclosure that, that are normally secret, such as if a company uh, gives money to a nonprofit activist group. And I know Google, for example, does list the nonprofit activist groups that it gives money to. You can go to a website and see the list. It doesn't give the money, the exact figures. It doesn't give the dates, but it gives the names of the companies. Are more companies doing that sort of thing? Yeah, so more companies are agreeing to that, absolutely. And, and with Google, they, it got them in some hot water recently because they, they've been a donor to the Competitive Enterprise Institute, a libertarian think tank here in town that, that fights efforts to uh, combat climate change, fights regulation on climate change. Are you seeing some cases like that where companies are coming under pressure for doing things that may seem to go against the company's corporate ethics? Yeah, so a big thing that investors are saying, certain investors, is that the reason they want to see this information is because if a company is going to take a certain position on, say, climate change, they shouldn't be lobbying in a different direction. And so they want to see that information so that they believe that that keeps the company accountable. You were at the Google meeting. What happened there? Were there any interesting proposals put forward? Yeah, there were actually 14 shareholder proposals that went to a vote, 13 pre-planned and one added on the floor. And that's way more than you generally see at an annual shareholder meeting. And Google is a controlled company. The parent company, Alphabet, is controlled by the founders who are also the top leaders of the company. But at the same time, it still sends a message. And Having that many proposals is really unusual. And at the same time as that meeting was going on, there were some workers who were protesting outside of the meeting who were with a group called Silicon Valley Rising. And they were you know, raising other issues in relation to how the company uh, manages its workforce and, and having a worker voice. So at the same time as Google is getting this shareholder pressure, they're also getting pressure from workers. They're also getting pressure from Congress and from the government. So there are all these kind of aligning pressures. And what's interesting is Google's a company that's traditionally expressed a desire to do some good, at least in terms of what they're saying. And it's something that clearly their workforce cares about. What were some of the proposals? One of the proposals was from the CTW Investment Group. They represent union-sponsored pension funds. And what they were asking is for Google's parent company to nominate a non-executive employee to its board. What two women who worked there told me, Tejal Patel and Emma Bays, is that they believe that Google really needs to listen to its workers because this is a crisis point for the company transparency level that other companies don't have. It's about involvement with their employees that other companies don't have. And that's their identity. So this is well beyond a cultural crisis. It's an identity crisis. Some of the proposals dealt with them reviewing how they oversee content enforcement on YouTube. And that was from right, that's New York State's Pension Fund. a big issue fund. where there's been salacious material or uh, dangerous material on YouTube, abusive material on YouTube. That's yes. what it's getting at. Yes. And what the pension fund official who talked to me about it said is that 
They don't just – they want to see Google handle it. That's what they want. But if not, they're willing for the government to step in because they think either way this so badly needs to happen and so badly can impact the company's business that they, they really want to see it addressed however it's addressed. Right, and YouTube is a Google subsidiary. Mm-hmm. So, But just to be clear, Laura, none of these proposals were adopted by Google's board. No, they weren't. But the big thing that shareholders at least say is they want to bring them up so that the board will discuss them. There's really no way for a proposal to pass at Google unless the CEO and the president want it to. They have control. But at the same time, some of the other proposals, things like having a worker or representative on the board, things like doing a sustainability report, these are now issues that are on executive management's radar. So recently, the Chamber of Commerce here in Washington, the main lobbying organization for corporate America, held an event on corporate governance reform. And that seemed notable, um, given that the chamber normally is pretty anti-regulatory, doesn't support efforts by government to control what companies do. What did you make of that and their involvement in, in this issue? So they have had some involvement in terms of governance positions, and one of the things that they have really supported recently is board diversity disclosure. They've uh, supported a couple bills from Democrats on that, and Republicans also recently supported them, and it Requiring was pretty bipartisan. Requiring a certain number of women on the board or a certain number of minority representatives on the board? These would just require reporting. So they just require transparency from companies. So they actually have to say, this is how many women, this is how many people of color we have on our board. States have passed actual mandates of representation that, particularly in California, that a certain number of women must be on a public company's board. And that actually the U.S. Chamber is pointing to that they don't want that when they support disclosure, that disclosure is a better way. So while they're backing that, they're also pushing back against something that has happened at the state level. And a lot of the governance proposals that come up from the chamber also relate to certain things that aren't what a lot of big shareholder groups want, things like raising the barrier to submitting and resubmitting shareholder proposals. The chamber says that a lot of these environmental and social proposals are a waste of time, but you know, shareholders want to be able to submit them. So the chamber here wants companies to adopt some voluntary reforms as a way of forestalling legislative mandates. Yes, they'd rather that it were disclosure and transparency on that issue and on an issue that also would be relatively easy to disclose as compared to, say, a large assessment of how they're handling climate change. And I bet they're also worried, given the example you raise of California establishing a mandate on board diversity about a patchwork of rules from the 50 states coming up where companies have to abide by a lot of different rules. Yeah, and other states have introduced it. So it's a real possibility. So these ideas are also catching on in Congress. Can you tell us a little bit about what's happening there? Yeah, so now that Democrats have control in the House, they are using that to prioritize some of these issues, including holding a hearing and passing some bills on board diversity disclosure, as well as on environmental, social, and governance issues. A couple include one that would require companies to basically report information that would show if they're outsourcing jobs. That's what it's intended to show and one that would have companies report information on how they're addressing risk related to climate change, both physical threats and 
the possibility of things like the Paris Climate Accord um, having an impact on how companies can do business. And Republicans, of course, are opposed for the most part. Here's Patrick McHenry, the congressman from North Carolina, on the issue. It's these very disclosures that drive people from the public markets and keep them private. And if we keep more companies private, it means pension funds and thereby retirees, both the public sector and the private sector, uh, will be choked off from being able to invest in those opportunities. So he argues that it may stifle business growth. So you're going to have opposition from Republicans. These proposals aren't going anywhere quick. Yeah, the board diversity proposals have been a rare case of they have bipartisan backing right now, at least in the House. But the ones that address environmental and social issues at companies, particularly climate change, aren't going anywhere beyond the House. They have Democrat support, but really a lot of opposition from Republicans. Pretty typical arguments that it makes this country less friendly to business growth. Gotcha. Thank you, Laura, for coming on the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. That does it for us today. Thank you for joining us. The producers of this show are Tula Vlahu, Meredith Roten, and Michaela Rodriguez. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please rate us. <laughs>